like that. Hello, everybody, and welcome that. to this like Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Shake Show. We've made it a whole week, plus one. Plus one. That is very positive, because before we took this long hiatus from the Logan Blackman Show, we did do a whole week. We did three episodes, and then none again until, you know, you know last Monday. So I can understand the fear that people had inside their their loins <laughs> that we were not going to record a show on Monday. But fret not, we are here recording a show. And before we get into anything on the Logan Blackman Show today, make sure you are following Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course you're listening to it right now, so make sure you're subscribed and or following the Apple Podcast and Spotify account. The Twitter account is Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook, just search Logan Blackman Show. Same with YouTube. And of course, you're listening to it again. Right now, you are listening to this. So make sure you're following or subscribed on either or both the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. And make sure you leave a rating on five stars on both of them. Leave a description down below on why you thought the show was the way it is. Regardless if it's the whole show or if it's just a couple episodes or whatever, give your opinion on the Logan Blackman Show. I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, this is a fun day. This is a very, very fun day. This weekend is a fun day in the state of Iowa anyways because we had the Iowa IndyCar race at the Iowa Speedway. Now, this is the first year since IndyCar has been going to the Iowa Speedway that I have not been present for, and it sucked. My papa was a lobbyist for the Iowa Speedway. Was there? We were there at the racetrack when it was getting built in 2006. And then when IndyCar came in like, when did they come? Like 09? Something like that? 08, 09? We've never missed a race. And then they took their weird hiatus away from Iowa, and then they came back, and my papa didn't renew his tickets, so we did not get to go to the race, and it was a sad time. But you know what? On one hand, yes, it was a very sad time not being able to go to the race for the first time ever, but it was also nice because it looks sweltering out there, especially when you're sitting in the, in the stands. At the Iowa Speedway, now, I was a little privileged growing up in regards to the Iowa Speedway because we had tickets to the Newton Club. And the Newton Club, for those of you who aren't aware, you get to go inside every once in a while. There is a, the big press box area thing. So our seats were right in front of that. And it was in a little fenced-off area. It made us feel a lot better than everybody else that was there. I have never actually, weirdly enough, never sat in the stands outside of the Newton Club. Ever. In my life. Since 2006, when we started going to races, to right now, I have never sat outside the Newton Club, and I don't know how I'd feel about that. Maybe I feel really weird about myself, because I feel, I've been, I, I've lived such a astonishing lifestyle up to this point, that I don't know if I could stoop down to the levels <laughs> of peasantry. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, Pato Award and Joseph Newgarden won this weekend, so congratulations to both of them. Joseph Newgarden wrecked today. Scott Dixon finished fourth today. I did not see what he finished yesterday. Saturday, I guess. For you, it's Monday, so yesterday was Sunday for you. Pato Award won on Sunday. Scott Dixon came fourth on Sunday. I didn't watch the race on Saturday. I was at a friend's house. He had a little get-together, so I was over there. Didn't get to see the race, but I watched it all today, and it was fun. I love watching IndyCar. IndyCar is my favorite live racing ever. Now, that being said, I've never been to like a Monster Energy Cup series with uh, the big boys in NASCAR. I've been to an Xfinity race, which is NASCAR's little buds, basically AAA for NASCAR. I've been to the truck races. I've been to motocross. I've been to bring your car to the racetrack race day, pretty much. I saw a PT Cruiser race at the Iowa Speedway. I've been to ARCA races. I've been to all these different things. I've never been to Knoxville. 
I want to go down there for a sprint car race. They just had the trucks down there a few weeks ago. Sounded really cool. About a month ago now. Yeah, I think that was about a month ago. Jeez. Time flies when you're really having fun, doesn't it? But yeah, the Indy cars, if you are trying, if you've never been to a race before and you're looking to go, I would try and go to an Indy car race. Those are fun. Very loud. So if you're not used to being around racing or just loud noises in general, I recommend wearing earplugs or headphones or something like that. So your little ears don't get hurt by the loud noise of the track, the cars going around the racetrack. So you know what? Just don't go. If you, if you, that's part of the experience, the loud noises. If you can't handle it, just don't go. Just don't go. Or manage to get in the box. Get in the, the press box or something. Get a, get a nice little suite for you. It's not very loud in there. I've been in the suites a few times. But another thing that's really exciting, not just for the state of Iowa as a whole, but for me, I got a jersey in the mail today. Or today. Yesterday. It was Manchester United's new jersey for this upcoming season. And I loved, when I was growing up, I loved getting new jerseys. I still do, to a certain extent. I haven't bought a new Manchester United jersey in a few years, though. I mean, <laughs> there's no real reason for me to purchase a jersey of a team that's not going to be very good. It's kind of hard to wrap my head around. Like, uh, I mean, like, you can do that. But when you come up with a new jersey every single year, it's kind of hard to go, yeah, I'll rock this jersey. Like, last year, Manchester United's coming off their worst Premier League season ever. But I looked at the jersey this year. I just got the sick collar. It, the, the sponsor doesn't look that bad as opposed to the Chevy logo that was on the front of the few, a few jerseys. But I like this jersey a lot. And when you're talking about getting new jersey in the mail, I know a lot of football players, a lot of soccer players, just people in sports love getting their own new jerseys. So like teams. I remember in high school, we got new football uniforms. Junior year of high school, we switched up the uniforms. We were going to get new uniforms our junior year as well, our senior year, but then we ended up not doing it. When I went to William Penn the year before, they had some Adidas uniforms. When we got there, they switched over to Nike. So it's always fun, not only as a fan getting a new jersey, but as a player getting a new jersey. Now, in the NFL, we've talked about this before, that there are a lot of teams releasing alternate uniforms. Teams drop, but not really, some releasing full-blown alternate uniforms, others just coming out with new helmets. Because remember, the NFL switched the rule around the helmets, so now you can have different colored helmets. So we've seen like the Giants rock some sick alternate uniforms. Their uniforms when the, you know, they were winning Super Bowls in the 80s and 90s. The Patriots dropped all red, the red uniforms, which I've said are very, very nice. We had some drop today, or a couple around this weekend, and we're going to go over all the uniforms that we've seen so far, but then there are some that are worse or better than others. There are some that are much better than others. Like, the worst one that I have seen up until this point, and I'm very sorry to say this, because I have no real issue or beef with the team, the Chicago Bears. Good Lord. Why an orange helmet? Like, throughout the entire history of the Chicago Bears, they have had navy blue helmets. Navy blue. They had the Wolverine stripes a few times. And they've had the C. I get you're trying to do something fun. And I know you're like, oh, the NFL's letting us change our helmets around. But the Bears didn't do that when the NFL allowed this before they took it away. Like, if you're the Bears, orange is not... I'm not a big fan of orange uniforms or orange things in general. My sister, when we were younger, had an orange room, like safety cone orange room. It was one of the worst rooms you'll ever see. Hurt your eyes every single time you went in there. So I think that's where I built up my hatred or disdain for the color orange. At least vast amounts of it. I guess orange in little little bits is fine. Like, that's mayonnaise to me. Mayonnaise, I don't per- particularly like mayonnaise. 
But in small doses, I can I can manage mayonnaise. Now, am I putting it in my coffee? No, I'm not doing that. But if I got a sandwich, I'm going to Subway or Jimmy John's or something. Like, Jimmy John's has a few sandwiches that are good with mayonnaise on it. But you have to say light mayonnaise. Because these sandwich places, and Bebop's does the same thing up the street, destroy your sandwiches with mayonnaise. It's an egregious amount of mayonnaise. Like, and I get people like mayonnaise. I really understand they like it, but... For me, mayonnaise in small doses is fine. If you get, like, crazy with it, it's disgusting. That's what this is with orange. I would say the same thing with yellow uniforms. The Iowa Hawkeyes dropped some yellow uniforms a few years ago. Not great. Not great. I don't like yellow uniforms. The Pittsburgh Penguins have a gold tarp. I'm not a huge fan of it. The Packers, back in the day, had gold uniforms. Don't really like them. I say gold, yellow uniforms. The pairs are the same thing. Like, I know you're 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 excited for all these new alternate uniforms. Just come out with a black helmet. Like, uh, numerous teams have come out with black helmets this year. And I don't. I know there's a lot of people out there that go, ugh, black and navy don't go together. I don't care. It's fine. Black and navy, to me, can go together. It can work. I know most people out there say that's a sin against fashion, but it works. It can work. It's better than a big orange safety cone on your head. And they're rocking the orange jerseys with it as well because you can't rock the navy blue jerseys with it. It just looks stupid. So you're rocking... You're either... You're going all in at this point. Like, the Bears with the orange on the sea and the orange on the jerseys is fine. But they took it to the other extreme where now we're just rocking all orange, except for the pants, which are white. I do not like these. I do not like them. And they tried to make it cool. They made Roquan Smith dress up in the uniforms. Fresher than the rest is the tweet that they said. Uh, Nah, it ain't. It really ain't. Now, there might be some people out there that like this, and I'm sorry to anybody that I'm offending right now, but they ain't good. They ain't not good. They they is not a good jerk. They're not a good color combination. The all orange. Orange is fine as an accent. Ain't fine as the full thing. And that's really, to be 100% honest with you, look at all the uniforms around the NFL that have been dropped and the helmets that have been released. Not many of them have been that bad. Like, the only other one that I could say that I did not like is the Washington Commanders black helmet with the W plaster on the forehead. Like, that's the only other helmet that I can go, I really don't like this. Am I a massive fan of the Jets black helmet? Not really. I don't like the Jets black uniforms in general, but the helmet does look better with the jersey than it did with the green helmet with the, you know, it's fine. It's matte black. You can't really go wrong with matte black or you can, but can't go too wrong with it. The Eagles, they're rocking black helmets this year. I'm fine with the Eagles rocking black helmets. They have black uniforms. It make it's fine. But I think every, and they announced this like last year or late, early this year, I guess. I don't really remember when it exactly it was. They said they're going to bring back the Kelly Green uniforms. The uniforms in the 80s and 90s, before they switched these, what, are they, what is the green? What color is this green? What do they call this? I don't know what color, like blue-green color they got going on, the dark green that they have, but the Kelly Green uniforms are so much better. And I know they were going to drop them next year, but when you have the... The template's there. It's like the New York Islanders when they, they remember the NHL reverse retro jerseys when they didn't do the Fisherman logo? Like, it's right there. Take advantage of the situation right now. Don't drop just a black helmet. You can do... Yeah, that's fine. But I want the Kelly Green uniforms back. I don't want to wait a year. 
or however long it's going to be until the Kelly Green uniform's back. I want them now. The Randall Cunningham jerseys, beautiful jerseys, beautiful. So rock those ones back. Do I have a general issue with the helmet itself, the black helmet? No. But it was the same thing with the Islanders' uniforms. Did I have an issue with their uniforms? Not particularly. But it wasn't what I wanted, so I had a gripe about it, I guess I should say. But it's not terrible. Then we had the Bengals with the white helmet. We got the white tiger. This has been a fan request for about eight years now. I feel like I've seen this thing everywhere. And now that the Bengals actually have some little sauce about them, where they're actually a team people want to watch, they're going to release some cool helmets. Now, I know it's a white tiger helmet, so, you know, people may be up in arms. Or maybe, maybe not like it as much. I like the white helmet. I personally like the Bengals helmets a lot. And I love their uniforms. The Bengals' new uniforms are so much better than what they've been rocking in the 21st century. That stupid giant white stripe down the side of the jersey where it doesn't go into the pants bothered me so much watching the Bengals. And the Bengals had some fun teams. They did. They couldn't win in the playoffs, but they had some fun teams. But now you got Burrow. you got Chase. you got all these fun players. You just went to the Super Bowl. Now it's time to get a little more saucy. Got the new uniforms. Now you're coming back with a white helmet. I can dig it. I can dig it. Then the next one, we got the Cowboys rocking their old school white helmets, which I like. I like the white helmets from the Cowboys. I really do. Uh, the star is just, it's got no outlines on it. It's just a big blue star, which I kind of like. I kind of like the Cowboys helmets. So we got the Panthers with the matte black helmets, which I like those as well. I do kind of like the Panth Carolina Panthers helmets. The Texans red helmets, battle red is a... Uh, is what they're called. Drop, drop red gorgeous is what the Texans tweet said about it. The, the red is interesting. It's like a metallic blood red type thing. I don't know if I'm a massive fan of it. I can't really lie. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of it. The Patriots have already said I really like their helmets and just the uniforms in general. The Saints dropped a black helmet. I don't like the stripe. I really don't like the stripe. Uh, yeah, everything about the helmet's fine except the giant stripe, which is the Seahawks stripe, which I... Do not like the Seahawks stripe either, the big-ass stripe that goes down to a tiny stripe. And then probably my favorite alternate helmets dropped, probably my favorite ones, because of the uniforms they already have with it, the red Falcons helmet with the old-school Falcon on it. Mwah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful helmet. So if I had to power rank the so-far-released alternate jerseys and alternate helmets and all that, mostly helmets. Oh, the Cardinals dropped a black helmet as well. It's just a black helmet, no stripes, it's just black. It's got some stupid description. It's like, you remember when the Jets dropped their new uniforms a few years ago? They had some BS description behind each individual detail. It's like, it's not that deep. You made a black helmet with nothing else. So don't go around the whole details and go, this is this, this is it. No, black helmet with a red bird. Fine, it's cool. I don't really, really doesn't bother me. But uh, my favorite one is the Falcons one. Number two is the Patriots one, and I hate saying that, but the Patriots and the Falcons drop some nice nice helmets. Just going back to the old stuff. Like, there's doing too much at times, and that's what the Falcons did with their alternate uniforms, those gradient numbers, which I think I've seen them rock one time in the NFL because the jerseys are, are bad. Just go back to the alternate stuff. Like, the Browns did too much with their uniforms, and then they went back to the old stuff. The Buccaneers did way too much. It had, like, 15 different colors on it. Went back to the old stuff. It's just nice. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay? Like the Giants rocking these old school helmets. I love the Giants uniforms. So I would probably go 
Falcons, Patriots, Giants. Okay. And then we're probably, after the Giants, probably go Cowboys. Uh, Bengals above Cowboys. Bengals above Cowboys. And then probably the Panthers helmet. The black helmet of the Panthers. Um, Who else do I want to put on there? I don't know. The rest kind of all mold together. All I know is the Bears one's my least favorite. Which does not surprise me that the Bears disappointed on that. I mean, Bears are going to be pretty bad this year. At least one, one should expect the Chicago Bears to be pretty bad this year. So why not play the part? You want to look like you want to play like losers. You gotta look like losers. So that's why you're walking around rocking with big safety cones on your head. You're looking like the toys and Toy Story across the street to Gadal's Toy Barn. That's what you're looking like right now. There's no fear when people are coming at you with big orange uniforms. That's why people made fun of the Buccaneers uniforms so much back in the '70s. The creamsicle uniforms. No one was scared of that. Orange is not traditionally a scary color. I know pumpkins are supposed to be scary for Halloween and stuff like that. But when I see the color orange, I don't really get scared. I don't. And the bears are supposed to be scary. So you would think, uh, but I, I guess you don't really know what other alternate uniforms they can rock with. What, have the bears ever had... I want to see what other uniforms the bears have had over their history. So they had the Wolverine stuff. Is that a black helmet? Yeah, that's the black helmet with the white C on it, which is fine. Just have the navy blue helmet. There's Earl Bennett with a brown helmet on. Is that what that is? I mean, that's that's more if it's the bears' colors. The bears are bears are traditionally brown or black, so you think it'd make sense like that. I've never seen a an orange or navy blue bear, but that's that's beside the point. What other uniforms have they had? I mean, the bears are the oldest team in the NFL with the most wins in NFL history, just because of the fact that they're the oldest team. But they don't really have a lot of alternate uniforms. Like, there's some teams that do this. Just just stick with your normal stuff. Like, you you didn't really need to make an alternate uniform. You It, it would have been fine if you did. Like, I not bothering anybody, but it's not looking great either. Like, teams that don't need alternate uniforms. Let's just look at it. Teams that don't really need to go back to anything. The Packers. There is no need to make an alternate Packers uniform this year. The Packers, since uh, Vince Lombardi, have had the exact same uniforms. Yes, they had some navy blue stuff with Curly Lambeau and stuff like that. They had the brown uniforms and stuff like that. Just keep it keep it simple, stupid. Just keep the Packers uniforms. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of the Packers uniforms, green and yellow. Not necessarily my favorite color combination. But don't get too crazy with it. Don't get too crazy with it. What other teams could use not do not need an alternate? The Browns, the Browns have never had anything on their helmet. The Browns do not need one. Would it be kind of funny to see a brown helmet for the Browns? Yeah, but they do not need an alternate jersey. The Ravens. Ah, no, the Ravens could rock a No, what would the Ravens Would you like to see a purple Ravens helmet? A white Ravens helmet? Maybe they maybe they could. Maybe they could. The Colts I feel like they'll drop a blue helmet at some point. They don't need to. Don't need to. They've rocked blue helmets in the past. Like Austin Collie was there. They've had navy blue helmets. I'm not saying it's necessarily needed. The Jaguars, no, we saw what the Jaguars did when they tried to get creative and they went back to their old stuff. Thankfully. That's another team that was doing too much with the stupid gradient black and gold helmet. You're doing too much. They can stick the same. 
The part, now everybody's going to want to see the creamsicle uniforms, though we were just bashing them a little bit ago. People are going to want to see the creamsicle uniforms for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I understand that. The Seahawks, I think, should go back to the, the royal blue jerseys that they used to have. The 49ers don't need an alternate. I bet they'll go black. I bet the 49ers will drop a black helmet. They do not need to. That uniform combo is the probably the best in the NFL. One of the best. Top five easily in the NFL. And other teams like the Raiders. The Raiders will probably drop a black helmet as well. The Chiefs. The Chiefs don't really need one. The Chiefs had pretty much the same uniforms their entire existence. The Steelers don't really need one. I don't even know. What, like The Steelers, if they dropped a yellow helmet, please don't do that. Please do not drop a yellow helmet, Steelers. They've had the exact same helmet throughout their entire existence. Unless I'm completely forgetting, I do not remember the Steelers ever having another helmet. I really don't remember. Like, what, what would I... Like, Pittsburgh Steelers alternate uniforms. Let's see. Not Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't care about the Pirates. Pittsburgh Steelers alternate uniforms. Let's see what happens. Okay, they had those yellow helmets. Yeah, I forgot about those ones. I did forget about those. Don't do that again. Don't do the yellow helmets again. Keep the keep yellow and orange helmets and yellow and orange uniforms away. Good accent colors. Very good accent colors. Terrible main colors. Okay, do not do that. It's very rare when a yellow, all yellow everything or all orange everything looks good. Like, it, it, rare, extremely rare. So do not do a gold helmet. Please don't do a gold helmet. Do not do a gold helmet. But everybody else, I think you're open to doing it. But again, like the Steelers, Niners, uh, the Packers, like teams that have had the same uniforms pretty much forever should not drop alternate uniforms. They should not. Like the Bills, everybody wants to see a red helmet. If the Bills come out with alternate uniforms and they are not red helmets, I think think Buffalo will explode. Would it be funny to see them rock a royal blue helmet? Yeah, it'd be really weird. I would not be for it, but it'd be kind of funny. The Dolphins, don't even worry about, like, I was just thinking of the Dolphins changing helmets. Dolphins don't change your helmets either. Have the Dolphins ever had different colored helmets? This is just me looking up now just to make sure I can remember all these things. I Have they always had white helmets? They had those gross orange uniforms for a little bit in the 2000s. Those were bad. Those were bad. But the Dolphins really just need to stick with the Dan Marino uniforms from the 80s. Those uniforms are awesome. And that color combination, like, I could take or leave the color combination. Like, it's not the greatest color combination of all time. Like, what do you, what do you call that? Is that teal? Or is that aqua, aquamarine? But for some reason... For whatever reason, that uniform in that Dan Marino-esque era, it works. It works. But the Dolphins, just to fit in with everybody else, would probably drop an orange or black helmet. I'm not here for it. I'm definitely not here for it. Just stick with your alternates for your main uniforms. Just look them up. Just look. They're, they're nice uniforms. They're very nice. They're very nice. But the Bills need to drop red helmets. They need to drop a red helmet. The Browns don't drop anything either. I don't even know what the Browns would look like. Have they ever had alternate... I mean, they might have had numbers on the side of their helmets once. But from that... I, yeah, they had numbers on their helmets with a white stripe. What else? They have a white helmet. They wore a white helmet from 1946 to 1951. 
I don't know if I'm a massive fan of that. I do not really know if I'm a massive fan of that. Oh, there's one with a dog on it. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, looking at the... Okay, the white helmet's not terrible. You look like Oregon State, though. That's the problem. That's the problem right there. But speaking of the Cleveland Browns, this is an unintentional transition here, but I saw something on Instagram, and I looked it up, and there's some pr- there's some truth in it. There's some. Now, it's not anything like it's concrete, like he's going to sign or anything, but he's an option, and they're apparently interested in him. Cam Newton to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns plan to sign another QB to back up Jacoby Brissett if Washington's suspension is lengthy. And Cam Newton is on the list. What the hell is going on in Cleveland? What is this quarterback situation they got going on? Again, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield was the greatest quarterback of all time. But you would have avoided, avoided so much drama if you just kept Baker Mayfield. So much drama if you kept Baker. Like, you got Jacoby Brissett potentially starting. You got Deshaun Watson there who might be suspended from anywhere to two to a whole year games, which is a very wide <laughs> demographic, which we made fun of before. Deflated footballs is four games. Sexual 24 to 26 sexual assault allegations is possibly two. Gambling, $1,500 is a year, which is weird when the NFL was, when you look at the draft, <laughs> this past year's draft in Vegas, the NFL is using all the gambling stuff that you see from Vegas. I get you're trying to, you know, take part of the city you're hosting the draft in, but you can't. <laughs> the NFL is very unaware when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, you're suspending people for years for gambling. And then when you go to the draft, all you see is this stuff when you think of gambling. You see all these car- playing cards. You see all these different spades, hearts, clubs, diamonds, all these different things, tables, like cards, money. And yet, we're going to suspend Calvin Ridley for a year for gambling, $1,500 on games. He wasn't even playing it. And not to mention, more quarterback drop. We have Josh Rosen on this roster. We talked about that on Friday. Signed a one-year deal with the Browns. What? Why? (laughs) Why is Josh... Why are these quarterbacks here? Why are these quarterbacks allowed to be (laughs) on this team? Like, Josh Rosen is really funny. Like, if you look at his Twitter account... Josh Rosen's Twitter picture is from the night he got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, okay? His Twitter header is a picture of him with the Miami Dolphins. And his bio says quarterback Atlanta Falcons. When is the last time he has changed his Twitter stuff? Like, he was on the Falcons last year. So he has changed his bio at that point, or at least the people he employs to change his bio have changed his bio at that point. But he's on the Browns now. His (laughs) Twitter header is the Dolphins. His profile picture we got drive by the Cardinals. Three completely different feelings around Josh Rosen in those three pictures. First picture, really talented quarterback. Really talented quarterback. Everybody liked him. Most people, I shouldn't say everybody, most people liked him. Said he was the most pro-ready quarterback in the NFL. Kind of a dick bag, but most pro-ready quarterback in the NFL. Dolphins picture. Got thrown out of Arizona after a year because the coach had a previous relationship with the quarterback that's going to be drafted now, who is the second highest paid quarterback in NFL history who makes almost more than the entire Oakland A's organization, which is the team that he played for or would have played for if he had gone the baseball route. So then at that point, when he's on the Dolphins, maybe second chance for Josh Rosen. Went 3-13 and his first year in the NFL, had no line to help him. 
and now it's traded after a year. That's not really a great look. And then he's on the Falcons, and everybody's like, yep, uh, sorry, but Josh Rosen's career is dead. <laughs> At least that's the majority. That's how most people have thought of it. That's how I've thought of it. And again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Not a lot of people really have a lot of sympathy for Josh Rosen at this point in time anymore. Josh Rosen was, again, like we said, a very talented quarterback from UCLA that was probably, at the time, the most pro-ready quarterback in the draft. And a draft that includes Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, obviously, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. So, out of those five, people were saying that Josh Rosen was the most pro-ready. But then all the off-the-field stuff came out about, does he really care about football? He's kind of an asshat. What all these different things? And our opinions about the asshatness were confirmed when he came out after the draft and said, uh, nine teams made a mistake, and however many Super Bowl Brady has, that's what we're going to get in Arizona. Kind of a dick bag. Kind of a bitch move. When, you're, when you've just got drafted, that's the last thing. Really, you should not be calling out people like that. When you just got drafted, have a successful first year, and then you can start coming out of the woodwork about saying how you're the greatest thing of all time. You don't do that right when you get drafted, especially when you're a top 10 pick in the draft, when the 1% of the 1% of kids in the world will get drafted in the NFL. And even less a percent of that are getting drafted in the top 10. So you got to check yourself a little bit. You got to be thankful for the organization that drafted you, but people just didn't like him at that point. And now, people just do not care what happens with Josh Rosen. So the fact that he is the third-string quarterback, or fourth-string quarterback, on the Cleveland Browns when he was the highest-drafted quarterback on this current team, like Deshaun Watson was drafted 12th. Jacob Brissett was a third-round draft pick. Josh Dobbs, I don't remember when he was drafted. I think a fourth-round draft pick. But dude is 25 years old. He's been in the NFL since 2018. He's played for the Cardinals, Dolphins, was on the practice squad of the Bucks, 49ers, Falcons, and then now the Browns. It's been a, a very weird time in uh, Josh Rosen's tenure in the NFL. Started 13 games for the Arizona Cardinals, went 3-10. and 10. Team went 3-13 and 13 that year. So I guess you could say he got all their wins that year, which is true. But he threw 11 touchdowns, 14 picks. 55% completion percentage. And then his first year in Miami, start three games with 0-3, 53% completion percentage, one touchdown, five picks. In an attitude that no one really wants to deal with. And I watched him against the Falcons. When he was on the Falcons last year, I don't remember who they were playing, but Matt Ryan got benched. They were getting obliterated or getting beat down pretty good. It might. I think it was against the Patriots. I do think it was against the Patriots. So that was 25 nothing. Felipe Franks, former quarterback of Florida and Arkansas, and Josh Rosen, former top 10 draft pick, come in and throw back-to-back interceptions. Matt Ryan did not look very happy. Like, the Falcons, at the point of Matt Ryan getting benched, was not, were not that far out of the game. They really weren't. Josh Rosen went one for three in the game for five yards and threw a pick. <laughs> if you look at the scoring plays of the game, Fourth quarter, at the time he got benched, they were down 16-0. Like, not an insurmountable lead right there. Like, I've seen teams come back from 16-0 deficit or some around that in less time than that. And they had seven minutes left. 
And then Felipe Franks throws an interception. They kick a field goal. And then uh, Josh Rosen throws a pick six. I think it was that. I think Josh Rosen threw the pick six. One of them threw a pick six. Right? Oh, Felipe Franks threw the interception. And... uh, Now, who threw who threw the pick six? Matt Ryan. Oh, it's three drives in a row. Oh God. <laughs> Regardless, Matt Ryan did not look too happy when that happened. Now Josh Rosen's on the freaking Cleveland Browns. And it's a freaking mess. This is the most Cleveland Brown offseason of all time. Most Cleveland Brown offseason of all time. And we don't know who the quarterback is going to be week one when they play Baker Mayfield, who is and should be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers at this point. I know they're going to sit around and say open competition, but unless Baker Mayfield gets hurt or has his own off-the-field issues, that dude's starting week one. I'm sorry, but he is. If you don't like Baker Mayfield, that's fine. I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan myself. I said he's a very limited quarterback. I think his arm power and throw power in Madden is insanely high. It reminds me of, like, Phil Kessel's slap shot power in NHL, like, 20. It's like, 90-something. Baker Mayfield's got, like, a 92-94 throw power. Where did that come from? He ain't got that. He had not a top-10 arm in the NFL. Good arm, not that. And speaking of the Madden rankings, the quarterback rankings came out on Friday. And uh, they're a little bit of a mess. I'm not going to lie. This is the... The one where I can sit back and go, like, I haven't had a massive issue with all of them. Like, all the position groups we've gone over to this point, I haven't really had a bunch of gripes with. But quarterbacks, come on. Like, the top five is the top five quarterbacks that we've said, but one person shot up like freaking great. Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the NFL. He's not. Tom Brady threw for a lot of yards last year, but that does not make him the best quarterback in the NFL. He's not a 97 overall. He's not. You cannot tell me this current version of Tom Brady is better than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. You cannot. I've listed Brady as the fourth best quarterback in the NFL this entire offseason. That has not changed my this has not changed anything. He is not the best quarterback in the league right now. He is not a 97 overall. He's not. Like Josh Allen being a 92. I still don't like how Madden's disrespecting Josh like this. 92, I'm fine with him being in the night. Like, 92 is fine, but he, we know he should be higher. I'm not saying he's going to should be a 99 or him and Brady should flip spots and ratings and stuff like that. I think Josh should at least be a 94. And that's a little nitpicky here. But I don't think Josh is three ratings lower than Patrick Mahomes, and he sure as hell ain't five ratings lower than Tom Brady at this current stage. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not disputing that. But this current form, yes, he put up a lot of really nice numbers this year. But Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the NFL. If I was doing Madden rankings, how I thought I was going to go, Roger Mahomes, Allen, Brady, and Burrow. <laughs> That's how I thought I was going to go. Instead, it's Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. And then Brady <laughs> at number one, is one thing. Dak Prescott at number six is another thing. Again, I have no real issues with Dak Prescott. I really don't. But how is he the... He's not the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. I don't even rank him in the top ten. 
like the NFL uh, quarterback rankings that came out for ESPN when they did the poll of the coaches, players, and all that, execs, and all that stuff, Jack, Dak Prescott is barely in the top 10. And not only that, he is not better than Herbert. He's not better than Lamar Jackson. He's not better than Russell Wilson. And I he's not better than Matt Stafford. And there's many other quarterbacks that are below him. Deshaun Watson said out a year, I wouldn't even say he's better than Deshaun Watson. Like, it's... Dak Prescott's not an 89 overall. Dak Prescott, I think, was a fine, like, 86 to 87. He ain't no 85, 89. And Lamar Jackson at 87, and Justin Herbert at 88 is also disrespectful. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, to me, are very, very close. Very, very close. So, the fact that they're two ratings apart, on one hand, yes, two ratings apart is not that big of a deal. That is still very, very close. If anything, I think they should both be 90. And Lamar Jackson should be an 89. I don't care if Lamar Jackson's had an up-and-down year passing the ball and he battled a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Lamar Jackson is one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL because he can do things that other people can't. His running ability is elite. I can take and leave, to a certain extent, the inconsistencies passing the ball. But it also doesn't help. He has no receivers. Marquise Brown's been hurt 90% of his time in Baltimore. Sammy Watkins, apart from one game a year, never does anything. Rashad Bateman should be better this year. But the Ravens receiving court, apart from Mark Andrews, is nothing great. And Ronnie Stanley can't stay healthy as left tackle, who's one of the best left tackles in the NFL, win healthy. The problem is he just can't stay healthy. But the Ravens' offense revolves around Lamar Jackson. Back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Not a single quarterback in NFL history had over 1,000 yards rushing until Lamar did it. And then he did it back-to-back. He's the second-ever unanimous MVP in NFL history. I know as time progresses, that's going to get, in regards to his individual stuff currently, as we go on and keep ranking quarterbacks year by year, if he keeps, if the inconsistencies in the passing game keep going up to an insane point, then the unanimous MVP thing will have to spread itself away from the current form. But this is two years ago, unanimous MVP. His numbers are not even that bad, realistically. He's thrown a lot of interceptions. Yes, that is bad. His fumbles have gone down, though. Now, granted, he played three less games this year than he had the previous year. He had four fumbles last year. His career high of 10 is rookie year. He's gone down each and every year. Interceptions, in fairness, has gone up. So that's a problem. But again, Lamar Jackson could do things that no other quarterback in the NFL can do. He is the most electrifying player on the field at all times. Okay? Unless he ever gets paired up with Tyreek Hill, which means he's probably going to get traded to Miami because Tyreek Hill probably ain't going to Baltimore anytime soon. He just signed a massive extension. Lamar Jackson, by all things considered, has not signed an extension yet, though he should. It will probably soon. He's not really too bothered about it at this point. But if Kyler Murray is making however many much millions, he is 46 point something million, the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson is better than Kyler Murray. By it's a pretty good margin. Like, Lamar, Kyler Murray is good. I don't want to take anything away from Kyler Murray. Very similar style quarterbacks into what they do. I would say Kyler Murray has a stronger arm and a more complete passer. And Kyler's athletic. Kyler's very, very athletic. He can run around like nobody. But this dude, Lamar, is different in regards to the running ability. And he's got a strong arm. I'm not even sitting here and saying, like, Kyler Murray's arm shits on Lamar Jackson's arm. Like, when people compared Vic and Lamar Jackson, very lazy comparison. Both very athletic, yes. 
Vic had the career, the, the NFL record for rushing yards this season by a quarterback. So, yes, it makes sense on face value. But Lamar's more accurate than Vic. Apart from his rookie season, where he didn't start most of the games, Lamar's had above 64% completion percentage his entire career. Vic barely had a 60% completion percentage, even at his best. And his best throwing form was his first season in Philly. And we're talking about the best overall Michael Vick. That first year he was the official starter in Philly. If Michael Vick was that version his entire career, we might be talking about one of the all-time greats. Is Michael Vick a Hall of Famer? It's a, to- a topic I hear on social media all the time. No, he's not. There's a difference between being a Hall of Famer and being a player everybody loved to watch. Vic was not consistent enough throwing the football. And we're not saying not consistent enough. Like, people complain about Lamar not being consistent throwing the football. Vic was the highest paid player in the NFL, completing 53% of his passes. Like, Vic was exciting, but in regards to quarterbacking and being a quarterback, Lamar Jackson is miles better than Vic in regards to being a quarterback. Athlete, similar. But Lamar is a better quarterback than Vic. He is. He's bigger than Michael Vic as well. He doesn't have as strong of an arm, but I think Michael Vick has one of the strongest arms in NFL history. Just was not accurate. He'd throw the ball 1,000 miles an hour every single time. It just wasn't very accurate. You ever seen Jordan Hicks, his first year in the MLB, throwing 107 mile, 100, 105, 107 mile an hour fastballs? It's going all over the place. That was what Vick was throwing the football. Vick was awesome. I don't want to take anything away from Vick as a player because I think Vick was an awesome quarterback. Hall of Famer, no. But people complain about Lamar Jackson's ki- like consistency passing the ball, but don't remember Vic being Mr. Inconsistent throwing the football. He had Roddy White to throw to. So let's cool your jets on Lamar Jackson and the underratedness of 87 and Russell Wilson. I get Russell Wilson didn't play a lot of football last year, but Russell Wilson's better than 87. Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl. And I've kind of, I don't know what you want to call it though with Matt Stafford. I've kind of been a Matt Stafford denier when it comes to feeling sorry for him up until this point. Dude had Calvin Johnson for like eight years. And people want to complain about him not having a fair shot in Detroit. Dude had the best receiver of his generation on his team for eight years. Like, let's calm the brakes here. He always had a good receiving core in Detroit. Always did. He never struggled with receivers. Like Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, uh, Kenny Galladay. Had some good tight ends there as well. Yeah, he never had a 1,000-yard rusher. Well, neither Josh Allen. Who the hell cares? Tom Brady hasn't had a ton of 1,000-yard rushers either. Oh, his defense wasn't very good. There are a lot of quarterbacks that have made teams better in their defense wasn't that great. Tom Brady did not have the best defense every single year in New England and still managed to win. Like Drew Brees in New Orleans, their defense struggled a lot. They've gotten better. There was points in times the Saints defense was not the best. And they still manage to win games. Like, I don't really feel that sympathy for Matt Stafford. I really don't. I really, really don't. Now, do I like Matt Stafford? Yes. Is he a likable quarterback? Yes. Is he a Hall of Famer? Hell no. Because if he's a Hall of Famer, we're going to have to start talking about Matt Ryan being a Hall of Famer. And Matt Ryan ain't a Hall of Famer either. And up until Matt Stafford's Super Bowl, Matt Ryan had a way better, um, what do you call it, resume for a Hall of Fame career than Matt Stafford did. Like, Matt Stafford was not a Hall of Famer until Super Bowl and then Hall of Famer. You know how many bad quarterbacks have won Super Bowls? Like, very bad? Just to name two, we got Trent Dilfer and freaking Jeff Hostetler. Mark Rippon won a Super Bowl. 
Neil O'Donnell went to a Super Bowl, which is crazy enough. We had a Super Bowl. The Ravens Super Bowl in 2000 was Kerry Collins versus Trent Dilfer. Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl. Like, there's some not very good quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls throughout NFL history. Just because Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl, he wasn't a Hall of Famer until he got it. And now people are starting to have this conversation. He is not. Because if he is, Matt Ryan is, and he's not either. So let's slow the brakes down on Matt Stafford. Now he wins one more or two more, however many more. Yes, I can concede the argument there. But Phil Simms won a Super Bowl, and he ain't even in the discussion at all being a Hall of Fame quarterback. And they destroyed the Broncos in the Super Bowl. I get they had, like, Lawrence Taylor on defense, but Phil Simms still played very well in the Super Bowl. And Phil Simms, until Eli Manning came along, was the all-time leading passer in Giants history. No one really talks about Phil Simms in the Hall of Fame. No one does. Like, the year they won the Super Bowl, he was Super Bowl MVP. Like, Phil Simms, for all things considered, in a 39-20 win over the Denver Broncos, had a nice career. Through three touchdowns, had three incompletions in the Super Bowl. No one has talked about Phil, Jones, Phil Sims in the Hall of Fame. He had 25 yards rushing as well. Like, just because you won a Super Bowl does not make you a Hall of Famer. And again, I know people feel bad for Matt Stafford. I really get it. But I do, though I think he should be higher in Madden right now, I think he's better than 85 because I think he's better than current, I think he is better than Dak Prescott. He's not a Hall of Famer. Let's just get that out of the way, Okay. We talked about that when he won the Super Bowl because that's where all this stupid, everything got brought up again. Because the Hall of Fame, who's supposed to be the greatest players in NFL history, is going to slowly start turning into the Hall of Good very, very fast if we're inducting Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan in the Hall of Fame. You can't do that. You can't, we're, not, we're not having that discussion here. But in regards to the rankings, yeah, the quarterback ones, that is my, those are pretty bad. Comparatively to the other position rankings, quarterback one's the worst, by far. Tom Brady's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Dak Prescott sure as hell in the top six. And Herbert, Lamar, Russell Wilson, and Stafford, every quarterback below Dak Prescott should be higher rated. And Dak Prescott's not an 89 overall. Let's chill out on that. Like, the Cowboys got very nicely ranked in Madden. Like, Zeke being an 88 and being a top 10 running back. Zeke hasn't been top 10 running back since his rookie year. Zeke's numbers every year since his rookie year have gone down every single year. Apart from one year when he was suspended, and then he came back, and then he had a decent, like, then he had the good, decent year the next year. But Zeke ain't a top 10 running back. He ain't. Like, you look at Zeke, Zeke barely broke 1,000 last year. In 17 games, barely broke 1,000. Like, his number, 1,600, then he had the suspension, 983. Then 1,400, 1,300, 900, and then we got up to 1,000 because he played 17 games. Now, he had less fumbles. He had one fumble as opposed to five. Lost fumbles the season before. But he had less receiving yards. He had more touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns. Averaged 4.2 yards a carry. Like, what makes Zeke What makes Zeke a top 10 running back in the NFL? What make, Someone tell me what makes Zeke a top 10 running back right now. At his best, yes, I can concede that he'd be a really good run. But Tony Pollard, given more touches, is better. Tony Pollard averaged 5.5 yards a carry this year. Had 719 yards. Had 337 receiving yards. No no lost fumbles. Also, kick returns. Did that as well. You cannot make a... I don't think... 
Now, I'm not as in tune. I want to hear a Cowboys fan's opinion on this. I have a friend named Zach that's a big-time Cowboys fan, and I've had this discussion with him. I talked about him with him yesterday about the difference between he brought up Dak being a top-six running quarterback. I was like, that's stupid, as well as being Zeke being a top-ten running back because Tony Pollard's might be better. Might be. I'm not saying it's definitive, but give Tony Pollard as many touches you're giving Zeke, and you're talking about a different dichotomy there in the running back room. Like Tyron Smith, Tyron Smith has not played a lot of football recently. I think at Tyron Smith's peak, he might be the best left tackle in the NFL. Him and Trent Williams have something to say about that, but Tyron Smith at his peak is insane. But 95 current Tyron Smith, he played games last year. Yes, he did make a Pro Bowl, so I will I will give him credit on that. But 95 for current form Tyron Smith. I'll give Tyron Smith his flowers for what he's done for his career. Hall of Famer career for sure. But I don't... 95 is high. 95 very, very high. Zach Martin, I will give him all the stuff as well with being a very, very good... Very, very good offensive lineman. Very good. He's a 98 overall. I think that's fair. But he ain't better than current Quentin Nelson. How Quentin Nelson isn't the best guard in the NFL, in Madden anyways... Is crazy to me. I think that's definitive. I, I've i yet to hear other arguments about other guards. I think at Zach Martin, Martin's peak, again, Zach Martin's a Hall of Famer. I don't want to take anything away from Zach Martin. But let's give the young guys some credit here. Quentin Nelson is the best guard in the NFL. Okay? He just is. I think Tristan Wirth should be higher. I didn't see the low line rankings until today. This is the first time I've seen them. Ronnie Stanley has not really played in three years. But when he's playing, 90 overall. I think he's better than that when he's at his peak, but he hasn't played, so 90 overall is fair. Corey Lindsley, best center in the NFL. Yeah, brought him up. We brought Creed Humphrey up as well. I think those are the two best centers in the NFL. We said that the other day. So 91 overall for Corey Lindsley is fine. Tristan Wirfs at 91. I think Tristan Wirfs is better than current Lane Johnson, I think. I'm not saying it's like a very far-out thing, but Lane Johnson 92. Tristan Wirfs, I think, should be ranked higher, and he's 91. It's not even just Hawkeye bias here. I mean, he is... On here, the best, the highest-rated right tackle in this game, by far. As he should be. He's the best right tackle in football. I think he should be kind of higher than a 91. I don't know. I don't know. I think he should be. But we already went over all the other positional rankings here, but let's go over the top guys again. So for corners, we had Jalen Ramsey at a 98, which is fair. I think Jalen Ramsey's right now the best corner in the NFL. Interior D lineman, Aaron Donald, 99. Yeah, it's like six straight years with him being 99 overall. Fair. Derek, geez, Derek Henry, 97. Oh, did we talk about the running back? I don't think we... No, we... Wait, I just said we talked about Zeke being a top 10 running back. I asked if we talked about the running backs. Good Lord. But Jonathan Taylor being a 95. Like, the top five running backs I really know issue with. I don't. Derek Henry, Chubb, McCaffrey, Taylor, Dalvin Cook. Fine. Derek Henry, 97. I mean, his last season he played fully healthy. He rushed for 2,000 yards. He led the league in rushing until, like... Or was in the top five for, like four or five weeks after he got hurt. So, I mean, that's I, I don't really have an issue with that. Tyron Matthew, 94, best safety in football. No, I don't agree with that. I do not. Kickers, Justin Tucker, 90, fair. Edge rusher, Miles Garrett, 99. I've seen a lot of people have T.J. Watt as a 99. I think that's fair. I think T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett are very close to each other. I really like Miles Garrett. Last year, when we did our number one overall draft pick ranks, I said Miles Garrett was already a Hall of Famer. I think he is. And he's a 99 overall man. Fair enough. Uh, then we got linebackers, Fred Warner, 94. Fair. 
Fair. I think Darius Leonard should be ranked higher than a 90, and Roquan Smith should be higher than an 89. So, but Fred Warner is the best linebacker in football I don't really have an issue with. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, 99. I think that's the pretty consensus take that Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. I think Tyreek Hill, it's hard to argue with Cooper Cup being a 98 because he just, he just had the triple crown this year, led to the NFL in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. But I think at their peaks, I don't think Tyreek Hill is worse than Cooper Cup. I don't. I li- I'm not a massive fan of Tyreek Hill because he's getting kind of annoying with these offseason remarks about Tua. Devontae Adams, we'll talk about Devontae Adams' recent take in a little bit. But uh, 99 Devontae Adams, fair enough. I don't think there's really an issue there. Tight ends, Travis Kelsey, 98. George Kill, 97. Fair. The top five tight ends, I have no issue with at all. Top six, really. And those are your top-rated players per position. And then, of course, quarterback, we got your boy Tom Brady and Lyman, we got Trent Williams, 99. First ever off to Lyman, at least tackle. I guess I shouldn't say off to Lyman in general, but tackle to be ranked 99. I think that's deserving. But, man, we brought up Tyreek Hill in his weird act, weird sayings about Tua being some things better than Patrick Mahomes. He ain't better than anything at Patrick, than Patrick Mahomes. I don't care. I have no issue with Tua, but he ain't close to Patrick Mahomes. He ain't close to Patrick Mahomes. And the same thing goes for Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. And Devontae Adams came out again. Now, again, I'm well aware this is in the job job description for a receiver. You come to a new team, you're not going to sit around and say, yeah, the old quarterback was better. Even though it's blatantly obvious. you got to try and hype up your new quarterback. Especially, especially when you have a previous relationship with him. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr played together at college. Very noted that Devontae Adams really likes Derek Carr when they played at college. Jeanette said nothing but good things about him. So when Devontae Adams was rumored to be even leaving Green Bay, the only place he was going to go play was wherever Derek Carr was because there was some rumors about Derek Carr getting traded before he signed his extension. So wherever Derek Carr was, Devontae Adams was going to follow. And Devontae Adams went to the Raiders. Not very surprising at all. But then I saw this on Twitter today, and anytime you change QBs from a Hall of Famer or from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. No. No. Usually when you transition from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, there's no adjustment needed because they're both, you know, Hall of Famers. Derek Carr, no, stop. What has Derek... We're getting in the same realm with Matt Stafford of we feel sorry for Derek Carr, so we're going to overrate him because he hasn't had X, Y, and Z. Derek Carr is not a Hall of Fame. What has Derek... If someone could tell me what Derek Carr has done up until this point to be considered a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, he's played in one playoff game. Completed less than 60% of his passes and choked the game away. Literally, he choked the game away against the Bengals. There is not... That's the only playoff game he played in. Now, I'm well aware that if he didn't get hurt before the playoff game against the Texans, the Raiders might have won because they were playing with Connor Cook. But they would have won with Matt McGloin too. Connor Cook was just that bad. Okay, Connor Cook is terrible. We knew this going into the NFL. When he got drafted, everybody knew he was going to be a, <laughs> a terrible quarterback because they didn't like his attitude. Just watch when Michigan State beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game take the trophy away for winning MVP. But seriously, we got to stop doing this. Derek Carr has had one season where he's thrown for over 30 touchdowns. One. He's had two, three seasons where he's thrown less than 10 interceptions. Like, let's calm down here. He has led the league in fumbles twice. He had eight fumbles in 2020. 
five lost fumbles in 2021. He had 13 total fumbles this past year, which was the which was a career high. Would you think 11 and 12 are hard numbers to beat? And then he gets 13. Yes, his passing numbers are good. But this is the first year in his in his career where he's passed for over 4,100 yards. The only time. And when you force feed receivers like Darren Waller the football, Darren Waller had 90-something targets this year. Dude played like 10 games. And Hunter Renfro is an insane route runner. And he all he does is out routes, comebacks. Like It's not a very complicated route tree, but Cooper, but Hunter Renfro, insane route runner. He loses the defender easily. It's a very easy thing to get Hunter Renfro the job because he will lose the defender. You're not going to have a lot of problems getting the football. But he had 14 interceptions this year was a career. So he had a career high in fumbles, a career high in interceptions. He threw 23 touchdowns. But he threw for 4,800 yards, so now we're considering him a Hall of Famer. He had 626 pass attempts, which is, again, an anomaly. He has never passed for over 560 attempts. Or he had, okay, since his rookie year, where he had 599. Every year, because they were so bad, they went 3-13, and so he just threw the ball a lot. That is the best of his career, attempt-wise, until this past year. The past, since 2017... He has never thrown for over 555 attempts. Not once. Not one time. And now we're talking about him being a Hall of Famer. When did this... I saw Con Coward talk about it, and now I'm seeing Devontae Adams talk about it. Again, I understand it's part of Devontae Adams' job description to say to hype up his new quarterback, especially when he already has a previous relationship with him. But come on. Like, I have no... Generally, I have no issue with Derek Carr. I really don't. I have an issue with people overrating average quarterbacks. People hype, Tyreek Hill hyping up Tua. No. Stop comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Devontae Adams hyping up Derek Carr. Likeable dude. Great leader. I have nothing to take away against Derek Carr in regards to leadership. I think he might be the, one of the best leaders in the NFL. But he ain't close to Aaron Rodgers. Stop that. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. So let's chill out here a little bit on Derek Carr being a Hall of Famer when he's won, been to one playoff game, lost it, has led league in fumbles twice, and just came off a season where he had 14 interceptions, 13 fumbles. With a whopping 23 touchdowns. Total. He didn't even have a rushing touchdown. He had 23 passing touchdowns. That was it. 23 total touchdowns this past year. Why the hell is he getting mentioned in Hall of Fame stuff? Why? Again, we got to chill out on this Hall of Fame stuff with these average quarterbacks. Matt Ryan has a way better Hall of Fame career than Derek Carr. And I don't even think Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. So why are we saying Derek Carr's a Hall of Famer? Why? 23 passing touchdowns. Big Ben just retired and had 22. And people are saying Big Ben was past it. And threw 22 touchdowns. Like, I don't I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. He is a fine quarterback. He is a top 15 quarterback in the league. He is a top, he is the 13th best quarterback, according to me. But let's stop with the he's elite category thing. The he's a Hall of Famer. The dude has not done anything to be warranted 
a Hall of Famer to this point. Again, that can change. It can really change. Like, look, Matt Stafford was a Hall of Fame contender. Now that he's got a Super Bowl, now he's potentially Hall of Fame. Like, Derek Carr hasn't done anything, and he's already considered by some to be a Hall of Famer. He's an average quarterback. Stop overrating average quarterbacks. Stop it. Madden did that with Dak Prescott, and people and Devontae Adams are doing that with Derek Carr. Hall of Fame, no. Is he anywhere close to Rodgers? No. Now, I expect Derek Carr to throw for a lot of yards this year. I do. But again, a lot of yards is not not what makes you elite. Jameis Winston led the league in yards a few years ago, got traded and benched the next year, or signed with the Saints on a one-year deal, Got was behind Drew Brees. And people were talking about James, Taysom Hill, who had less yards than LaDainian Tomlinson passing the ball at the time when he was there. And people were saying, oh, Taysom Hill might be the starter. Jameis Winston just led the league in passing yards. Passing yards alone does not make you an elite quarterback. I expect Derek Carr to be in the top five passing yards this year. I do. You got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Two of the top highest paid wide receivers in the league. Top only, only quarterback, apart from Justin Herbert, that has two wide receivers, highest paid wide receivers in the NFL in the top 20. Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro just signed a new contract this offseason. So I totally expect Derek Carr to put up good numbers. So don't hit me with, once Derek Carr throws for 5,000 yards this year, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not. I would expect him to be somewhere between the realms of 4,500 to 5,000. I think that's where he's going to be, especially in a 17-game season. Especially when you look at the receivers and weapons he has on offense with a good offensive line. Raiders' offensive line is not that bad. There are a lot of terrible offensive lines in the league, and the Raiders do not have a terrible offensive line. They have good left tackle and Colton Miller. uh, Colton Miller, very underrated. But if you look at the Raiders' schedule this year, look at the Raiders' schedule. Chargers, decent secondary. Improved secondary, anyways. Cardinals, throw for a lot of yards against them. Titans, if he voids Kevin Byer, throw for a lot of yards against them. Broncos got a good young secondary. We'll see. Chiefs, they lost a lot of people in their secondary. Should do fine, but the Chiefs obliterated the Raiders last year in both games. Texans, yeah. Saints, should be interesting. They have a good secondary and good defense in general. Jaguars, nobody's there. They just won one game last year. Colts, decent secondary. Just got Rockies. No, they trade Rockies in. They got Yannick Ngakwe for Rocky Austin. Broncos again, Seahawks, Chargers, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, 49ers, and then Chiefs again. Like, that's not an easy, easy schedule. Like, you got some difficult teams in there. You got the, you got the Steelers, you got the Patriots. Or the Patriots should be a little interesting this year because they lost J.C. Jackson and the Chargers. The Rams, the Chargers, you play them twice. You struggled with the, Ra- the Chiefs last year, even though they didn't have a secondary then. They did draft Trent McDuffie this year. They did get George Karlaftis on the D-line, so they should be improved to a certain extent. Broncos, again, good young secondary. Colts defense is usually pretty good. No reason to doubt that would change this year. And you got Devontae Adams. Like, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. But Derek, stop it. Stop with the Hall of Fame thing. Anytime you change QBs from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. No. You go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it should be pretty easy to adjust because they're great quarterbacks. If you go from Tom Brady to Cam Newton, you're going to have a little bit of a problem there. And that's another thing. Cam Newton gets brought up in Hall of Fame conversations as well. Cam Newton's not a Hall of Famer either. His anomaly in regards to passing 
was with Christian McCaffrey. You can see it in the completion percentage. When Chris, before Christian McCaffrey, with Christian McCaffrey. He completed damn near 70% of his passes with Christian McCaffrey was there because all he did was check down. Cam Newton, at his peak, was awesome. But if we're talking about these quarterbacks, and Steve McNair's not a Hall of Famer then, like Steve McNair, I think, is better than some of the quarterbacks we mentioned here. And he ain't going to go in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. I love Steve McNair. He ain't going to the Hall of Fame. Vic, I would take over these guys. Vic ain't a Hall of Famer. But, man, it, it's it's getting kind of crazy this offseason with receivers hyping up their new quarterbacks to insane degrees. Stop it. It's getting a little ridiculous at this point that we need to come out and bash these quarterbacks because they're saying they're very highly rated when they're really not. They're average quarterbacks. Carr's average. Current form of Matt Ryan's average. Matt Stafford, good quarterback. Not Hall of Famer. Dak Prescott, average. Let's calm down a little bit. Let's calm. Let's slow your horses here. Let's slow your horse. Stop overrating average players. Please. Okay. Now one of the final thing. This is not something I was really planning on talking about. But it's it's been talked about today. At least I saw that the the so baseball, the Hall of Fame is a very weird thing. Like the Hall the Baseball Hall of Fame is the most snarky Hall of Fame in sports. It's probably got the most history at any Hall of Fame in sports because baseball is the oldest sport in America. So it makes sense to have a long, long history. But the Baseball Writers Association are so picky and so weird with their Hall of Fame selections. Like Mario Rivera, one of the greatest, if not the greatest closer of all time, 100% Hall, the first ever unanimous Hall of Famer ever. And then you get the second highest Hall of Fame vote-getter ever is not the second greatest player of all time. He's not. He, I don't even know where he ranks in regards to his own position. But Derek Jeter, 99.75% first ballot. I'm not sitting here and saying Derek Jeter's not a Hall of Famer. He is not a 99.75% Hall of Famer. He's not. Like, if we're talking, like, Jackie Robinson was a 77.5% first ballot Hall of Famer. What was Ken Griffey Jr.? He was like a 97. Like, 99.3, still less than Derek Jeter. Was Babe Ruth. 95.13. What was um, Mickey Mantle? What was he? 88.2. What was Ted Williams? Ted Williams was a 93.4. Onus Wagner. What was Onus Wagner? 95.13. Look at this. Derek Jeter is not better than any of the players we just mentioned. And Derek Jeter has a 99.75 rate, uh, first ballot percentage. Almost unanimously voted in the Hall of Fame. Every one of the players I mentioned before should have been unanimous Hall of Famers. And not one of them were. Mario Rivera is the only one. And Derek Jeter is number two on that list. Highest ever, second highest rated Hall of Fame percentage of all time behind Mario Rivera. 99.75. Like, because Derek Jeter's likable. Derek Jeter played for the Yankees. Like, Derek Jeter is not the second greatest player of all time. He's not. Every player I mentioned just now is better than Derek Jeter. Every single one I just mentioned. Different positions, but every one I just mentioned is better. 
And yet Derek Jeter is 99.75 Hall of Fame vote. So that's what I'm saying with the Baseball Writers Association being very weird about what they put into the Hall of Fame. And then one thing that I talked about at William Penn, I did a paper on it. I don't remember what class it was for, but I wrote a whole paper on it because it's something that's bothered me for numerous years. So I know I talk a lot about football on here, but baseball was something I grew up watching and playing. I played baseball earlier than I played football. But I hit a kid in the face, swinging the bat, but ball went right back in the middle, hit the pitcher in the face, never bat never left my shoulder because baseball is a 99% mental sport versus what you can actually can do. So there's no reason physically Jason Hayward should not be the best player in baseball. Jason Hayward is built to be a really good baseball player, and he stinks. Good fielder, can't bat for anything at this point. It's all mental. John Lesser couldn't throw to first base. All mental. Like, baseball was a sport that I grew up watching, like, watching some decent Cubs teams growing up. Sammy Sosa was my first baseball jersey. I got in right after first grade at Vaughn Maurer, West, at Valley High, oh, jeez, Valley High, Valley West Mall in West Des Moines. I don't know where the jersey is, but that thing was hot. And then we had some good years with the Cubs, and then the Cubs got really bad, and then they got good again and won a World Series, now they're back to being really bad again. But during my lifetime... I've seen some teams destroy the Chicago Cubs. Destroy them. And one team in particular, I've watched destroy the Cubs more than any team ever. I'm not, I'm not saying this is statistically the team that has destroyed the Cubs most in my lifetime. It just feels that way. It could be wrong. There could be a team that's beaten up on the Cubs a lot more than this team. But the St. Louis Cardinals destroyed my childhood. Like I have no real issue with Albert Pools on a personal level. I do not. But man, that dude hurt me as a kid. Like I would, there was a game. I think it was called MLB Hits. I it could be a different game. I know MLB Hits existed, but I don't. It what was it, MLB Bigs. There was another one like that too. I don't remember what specific game it was, but you could go with the Cardinals and get like Albert Pools. You could get like Matt Holiday. You could get Leadier Molina. And the Cubs, you had Alfonso Soriano, Alfonso Aramis Ramirez, Aramis Ramirez. Some like decent players, but not to the level of the guys we just mentioned. But the Cardinals hurt me a lot growing up. They won a lot of World Series growing up, and it just sucked. It just sucked. Watching David Freeze hit a home run against the Texas Rangers sucked. Hated it. Like, out of any sports team ever, the Cardinals are the jersey I want to wear at least out of every other team in sports. Patriots not far behind them. The Chiefs not far behind them either. I would never want to wear... Like, if I had to do a power ranking, let's just do this. Power rankings of teams I would not want to wear the jersey of. Cardinals, Patriots, Chiefs, Nebraska, and uh, what other team would there be that I really do not want to wear their jersey? Like it, would paint, it would hurt my soul to wear this jersey. I'd probably have to say like the St. Louis Blues. I could not wear a Blues jersey. Not, I could not do that. White Sox, no, I couldn't do that. Like the, there's a bunch of teams I would not. Oh, the Reds. I hate the Reds. The Reds. The Reds. But I, I dislike the White Sox more. This is weird, but I, I don't know. I just hate that color. That <laughs> just reminds me too much of the Cardinals and Chiefs with that one. Even though they have no red, you know, yellow in the uniforms. But I digress. Watching the Cardinals destroy the Cubs hurt. 
And the guy that led the team managerial-wise was Tony La Russa, who everybody, even most Cardinals fans, unless you're completely ignorant to the situation, Tony La Russa is a giant a-hole. No one likes Tony La Russa. And he coaches the White Sox now, and the White Sox stink because he's their manager. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Like, if you can keep the White Sox down for a little while longer when they're supposed to be really good right now, like, you have, the, you have some very good players in the Chicago White Sox, and they stink. They're average, which is not what this team should be, which is completely fine with me. But Tony Russa is in the Hall of Fame. Bud Selig, a former MLB commissioner, is in the Hall of Fame. These two people, there's more of them out there, but these are two that I could always think of, benefited directly from steroid use. Yet, players are not going to get inducted in the Hall of Fame for using steroids. That being said, it's the Derek Jeter example that we just talked about. Likeable. Derek Jeter is a very likable character. Is Derek Jeter the second greatest baseball player of all time? Which shows by his Hall of Fame percentage. He is not, but that's what his percentage says. David Ortiz just got inducted to the Hall of Fame today. David Ortiz, it's pretty well known that David Ortiz was part of the steroid area, had some issues with it, but people want to clap back and go, he never officially tested positive it. But there was that speculation around it. But then if you want to go that direction, Barry Bonds, if we're talking, like, Barry Bonds did not officially ever test positive for steroids. Barry Bonds holds the major league record for home runs, both a single season and career, has never been caught explicitly using steroids, and has steadfastly denied allegations against him using steroids. Barry Bonds will never be in the Hall of Fame, because Barry Bonds ain't likable. Bud Selig was best friends with Hank Aaron, did not like that Barry Bonds broke his record. Sammy Sosa never tested positive for steroids. But the thing is, everybody knows they did. They don't need, we know it. It's obvious. You see them random boost in numbers. Like, Barry Bonds was a great player before the Giants era, where it was around the time when people start going, he's using steroids. Like, Barry Bonds is one of the greatest baseball players of all time, and he will never be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not likable. If he was, he'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. David Ortiz is one of the most likable. It's Big Poppy. In the entire realm of Boston sports, if you pulled anybody out there that knows a thing or two about sports in Boston, Boston, historically, has been one of the most disliked cities in regards to sports in the United States. Nobody likes teams from Boston. And sometimes they have nothing to do with the team that they like. Like, I'm a Cubs fan. Do I really have an issue, like, hatred towards the Boston Red Sox? Not necessarily. The Red Sox never really done anything to me growing up. Like, I loved watching Johnny Damon and Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz. Like, I have no real issues with them, but I'm never going to cheer for them. Even though Johnny Damon was one of my favorite players growing up when he was on the Red Sox. The Bruins. The Patriots, of course. The Celtics. Like, from what Larry Bird and the Celtics were, was the exact opposite what the Lakers and Magic and Kareem were. Like, those, those were fun. The Celtics were a, an institution, pretty much. But they won. No one liked the Celtics back then. No one liked Larry Bird. Larry Bird's growing in regards to popularity at this point. I hated Larry Bird. I hated X, Y, and Z. Hate Tom Brady. Hate Bill Belichick. 
hate all these things that associate with Boston. But if you polled those people that hate teams in Boston, I bet the first player they say they liked in Boston would be David Ortiz. He's likable. Sure, he did steroids, but he's likable. So he goes in the Hall of Fame. He just got inducted today. But Barry Bonds, not likable. Sammy Sosa, not likable. Neither one of them tested ex- explicitly tested positive for steroids. Neither did David Ortiz. So why are those two not in the Hall of Fame? And they both denied it, both denied it, but they're not in the Hall of Fame. But Tony LaRusso is in the Hall of Fame, benefited from Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. Canseco's not a Hall of Famer, but McGuire has a case for it. Hit 73 home runs in one season. Bud Selig was the commissioner during the steroid era. You're telling me Bud Selig did not know that was going on and was not fine with it? Bud Selig's entire legacy in baseball is based off the steroid era. Alex Rodriguez, another one. Roger Clemens, another one. Mayor Ramirez. None of these guys will get in the Hall of Fame. None of them. Because none of them... Alex Rodriguez might get in eventually. He's becoming more and more likable because he's on TV all the time. He's on ESPN. People are starting to like him. Before, if he never did ESPN or Fox or all these different... Because he does both. He would not have had a shot at baseball immortality. Like Pete Rose bet on games is never going to go in there. He's the all-time leader in hits apart from Ichiro. In baseball history, MLB history, he has the most hits of all time. Ichiro has the most hits in baseball history because he hit a lot of them over in Japan. But hey, they never explicitly tested positive. They'll never be in. So with David Ortiz going in, does this open the door maybe? I don't know. We'll have to see if these guys get a little more likable about that. But hey, on the same aspect, Tony La is a dickbag. No one really likes Tony La but... He won a lot of games. He's a manager. He didn't technically cheat. But you're also telling me he did not know about it? I call BS. Dude won three World Series. I don't, he, I'm don't. definitely sure he knew about the steroid usage. Definitely. I hate Tony Russa, but I like what he's doing to the White Sox. So keep doing your thing, Tony. Hope you keep him for the rest of the season. Thank you, guys. But with that being said, that's all I've got for you today. I do hope you enjoyed the show. Again, if not... I gravely apologize. I gravely apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if the show stung, but make sure to leave a rating on a five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're following and or subscribe to both of them. And with that being said, I will see you all later. Peace.